Hello, citizens. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And we're the Cape Podcasters. This is the show where we talk about some supermen. And superwomen. And we kind of break down why they're important to pop culture and where they came from and where they're going. So we're going to kick this thing off the only way we kind of thought was the right way to kick this thing off. The only one way. It really is, because this is, growing up, this was my superhero movie. This is the first one that I remember, like, clearly. I don't remember what my first one was. I mean, this, I was a, I was only a wee little, a wee little podcaster then. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember why this was so important, because of just how big it was. Just overall, and it stayed big for a really long time, because it kind of, it built its own franchise. It's still pretty big. It, it is still pretty big. And it, I mean, this was, we should probably say that. We're going to talk about uh, 1989's Batman, directed by Tim Burton. I was going to say, we hadn't said it yet, huh? No, we no. probably should get to that point. We should. So, Batman. Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Just Batman. Me and Brian were talking. We're trying to, this felt like the right place to start. Just overall, this was, again, my first superhero movie. But in terms of modern superhero movies, it's very important. This seems like the. The launching off point. Absolutely. So this movie came out June 23rd, 1989. Again, me, wee little podcaster. You, slightly older, wee little podcaster. But still, the hype. Fair, a baby. The hype I was a this. baby. Yeah. But, so you have <laughs> you have Warner Brothers. Yep. Warner Brothers sees the success that Tim Burton has with Pee-wee's Big Adventure, with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. And they say, hey, bud, we got this property called Batman. How about you direct it? Hmm, Batman, haven't heard of it. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. It's been around since the 40s. Bob Kane created the character, and then you have the whole 1966 Batman with Adam West. That's camp on camp on camp. So campy. It's so good. But then you actually take a serious take on Batman here. Which nobody was expecting. The crazy part is is that you have, it's Tim Burton, and then to play Batman, they get a comedy actor. Yeah. In Michael they Keaton. They get Mr. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what like the internet trolls would say today if oh. they heard that Tim Burton and Michael Keaton were making a new Batman movie? The fanboy <laughs> outrage would be insane. And then if they found out that there was a black Harvey Dent like Billy D. Williams. Oh, forget it. Oh, my God. It was very progressive of them in 1989. Extremely. I mean, he's not two-faced up in this. He's just... just District Attorney. Really like to see that though. Great, would that have been? Oh, it'd be amazing. Amazing. One of his one side would just be trying to seduce you with that low, silky voice. Of course. The other side would just be telling you to fuck off the entire time, trying to kill you all sadistically. I believe in Billy D. Oh yeah. Oh, so good. (laughs) (laughs) So you get this as it's going on. I, I the stuff that I read about how this movie came to be was months in advance they started just teasing it. Yeah. That was new. Very new. They had, uh, I probably had one of the largest marketing budgets of any movie prior to it. It was everywhere. Absolutely. But the movies that came before it, like in in terms of how big they were, I mean, you only really got Star Wars and you you have Jaws. Right. But you all, and then the Indiana Jones movies. Right, right. And one of those is getting released at the same time as this. Yeah. So it's how do you possibly compete? But they teased this movie so hard that people were lining up before it came out. Again, normal now. But in 1989. Unheard of. Unheard of. Nobody was doing that. You couldn't just go on YouTube to watch the trailer either. 
No, you had to go to the movies, and a lot of people were going to the movies, seeing the trailer, and then leaving. And then leaving. They didn't care about the movie. They paid full admission just to watch the trailer. That's and that's even today. That's crazy because no one does that today. That's, I, well, it's because the internet stupid age. Stupid today. The only other time I heard about people doing that was uh, 1999 before Star Wars Episode One. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. How they would do that, but it's, nope, not a thing in 1989. Yeah. Well, it's because people were nervous. Sounds like they had every right to be nervous. Well, yeah, Tim Burton yeah. is untested. Tim Burton, who's untested. this guy? Michael Keaton, very tested. He's a star. Yeah, a comedy star. Yeah, the the two guys from Beetlejuice. That's <laughs> that's who's making Batman. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so campy. But just thinking of it ahead of time, you must have been like, "Oh, what? there's no way that this what? is going to work." <laughs> Keaton, Burton. Wait a second. I want to throw a little wild card in there. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. In my mind, this is not a Batman movie. No. This isn't even a Michael Keaton movie. This is a Jack Nicholson it's movie. It's 100% a Jack Nicholson movie. You have Jack Nicholson who is doing all the heavy lifting in this. He has more screen time than Batman. He absolutely has more lines. He's more everything. Batman doesn't do a whole lot in this movie. If you were directing a movie, writing a movie... And you had Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Who are you giving more screen time? Well, it depends on, on, I guess, the writer. This is written by a man named Sam Ham. Sam Ham. You know what he's done? What else has Sam Ham done? That's that's what the world's asking. <laughs> oh wow! It's, uh, it is not a long list. Where is? And you Sam think Hamm? that for the amount of advertising that was thrown at this thing, and the amount of anticipation that was built up for it, I mean, you would think that there's like a super established writer attached to it right his writing credits are only 10 credits long on imdb oh wow did never cry wolf in 1983 and the next thing he wrote was called batman in batman. 1989 he also did the sequel batman returns he did a, a bit of uh batman the animated series he did the show called mantis with which i don't remember at all I don't know if you do it was in the early never 90s. heard of mantis nope he was the creator 22 episodes long and then this is where I think it went wrong. Did you just read it? I think I just read it. I think you might, you have the face like you just read it. Was Sam Hamm responsible for Monkey Bone? You bet your ass he was. The <laughs> same guy who wrote Monkey Bone wrote Batman. How does that happen? The movie that spawned not even just modern superhero movies, modern blockbusters in general. Where yeah. you're, you're aiming to get all these front-loaded ticket sales. You live off your first two weeks. It changed the way they sell movies and market them. It's That's completely wild. Completely wild. Where that you man. know you're going to make your nut back in the first two weeks. And if you don't make your nut back in the first two weeks, you might not make it back. Right. Batman done changed the game. So when you look at this movie, it has only a $35 million budget. Can you imagine any... Superhero movie today having just a $35 million budget. I mean, you have stars that are making $20 million yeah, alone. It's, it's unheard of. Today. Yeah. That'd be insane. Be completely insane. You probably have stars who are making more than $35 million in one of these movies. Oh, probably. I, I would I would bet money. I wouldn't it's bet. It's such a large chunk, but here it's the whole entire budget. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't find how much Michael Keaton made on this thing, but I do know that after Batman Returns, they tried to get him for a third movie. And he said no. And then they offered him $15 million, and he said no. So that's got to tell you something about how he felt about playing Batman. <laughs> yeah, he must not have enjoyed that experience. No. But how do, how can you hate being Batman? 
Let's ask Ben Affleck. We <laughs> No, no, we actually hate him playing Ben oh, Affleck. Oh, right, right. Totally. Right. He probably loved it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Batman made uh 40 million its opening weekend. So it made its nut and then more. Uh, and then a lot more. <laughs> Cuz I know it broke the record for opening weekend just in general at the yeah, time. Yeah. And it shattered it by at least 3 million ticket sales. That's that's great. But I mean when you so you look at it today, and you have these movies that are knocking off $250 million in an right. opening weekend. This right. makes 22 and the world loses its mind over it. It just shows you like how far it's all come. You made 40 Yeah. Fuck. All right. <laughs> $40.48 opening weekend. That's a damn good opening weekend. Which puts it right behind uh, all-time G.I. Joe retaliation. Yeah, well, it's a deserved spot. <laughs> G.I. Joe, not a superhero. <laughs> and uh, and right before the mummy tomb of the Emperor Dragon. Well, why Dragon would, Emperor. Why wouldn't it be? Whichever it is. Somewhere in there. Those are kind of, no, I mean, just for inflation, I guess. Yeah. Well, Does I, it save it at all? <laughs> adjusting for inflation, it makes a big difference. If you're going just on ticket sales instead of uh, the money's? money, Batman's like 120 all time. That's pretty amazing. For something that's kind of untested. Well, sort of untested. It's an established IP, but... Yeah. It's sort of untested. The way they went about going, doing this Oh, thing. definitely. It, it was a totally different way than it had ever been done. A serious superhero movie? Well, you can hear just the way that it's totally different from how it's been done in the past. Cause, I mean, I'm going to pull this up just right away. This is the 1966 opening. To, oh, yes. To the Adam West Batman. That's amazing. That is so much camp. It makes me want to go surfing with Batman. It really, really does. And that is so perfect for 1966. Mm, of course. But, and you know what? That, that music kind of sets up that entire show. Yeah. Just in, oh, it's so perfect. But then, but then, that door cracked open just a tiny bit. Danny Elfman came in and said, Danny fucking Elfman. I got this. I got this. I'm going to put together. Something fucking beautiful for you. And you get this for the opening of it. So dark. It's it's so, so dark. But... I mean, was that the music that played during the trailer? Yeah. Well, then that would be everything the fanboys need to be. That's it. Put at ease. But then Danny Elfman said, like, oh, you like that? You like that long, drawn out darkness? Fuck you. How could you not get fired up about this movie from right. hearing that? It's a, uh, I've heard this a million times. There's only a few things cinematically 
that get me turned on. And very few of them are not John Williams. But this... I only have one non-John Williams. <laughs> and it's Danny Back to the Future. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess two then. Because, yeah, Danny Elfman, the Star Wars, once that... Oh, once it hits. Once that brass hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so fucking good. It's, of course it is. It just sets the scene. It's Danny fucking Elfman. He was worried uh, that he that he was going to get fired until he played that in the meeting. He was playing other other songs from the movie in the meeting, and, and they're like, oh, whatever. Okay, yeah, sure. He's got good, Prince sitting on his lap saying, we're also going to put this guy's songs in the movie. And then uh, and then one of the producers was like, play the march. And then that came on, and they were like, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And then they reused that in the animated series, too, because it's that well, good. Yeah, why wouldn't you? It's that good. So good. But, you know, this is a good segue into how this movie, this movie starts. Yeah. So- I love this opening because it's, I feel like you get your camp out of the way early on. Yeah. You kind of just, you fake out the audience right away because you have the the mom and pop and the kid walking. Oh, right, right. And I mean, in my head, I'm kind of trained at this point to go like, oh, Batman's parents get killed. Yeah, right. Batman's parents get killed. Here we go. Oh, I don't know. Origin story. Oh, here we go. And then it's not that at all. No. Batman pops on the rooftop, knocks, knocks out the, I guess they're homeless. They seem either really homeless or just really drugged up. But it kicks the shit out of them. Of all, course. All stiff-like. No, please don't kill me. <laughs> this is the stiffest Batman fighting. Oh, That there ever has been and will be. Oh, yeah. It is stiff. He can't move. He No, he's just a big kicker. <laughs> that's really all he is and there's a lot of cape play there is a lot of cape play but it, it plays well and those ears oh, they're Boy, so big does he have ears they're so big <laughs> and then you want to know what Batman's voice sounds like it doesn't sound like this no this isn't it at all no it's just Michael Keaton talking it's just Michael Keaton it's, hey you sound an awful lot like Bruce Wayne it's Batman kinda, you'd, why would you say that can't put man? this together huh <laughs> huh so well, he knocks the crap out of them. Uh, that's all fine. You get your I'm Batman out of the way right. pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Which I loved. Right. Get it out. Move on with your life. I'm Batman. And then we get to just, we kind of get to see the city after this. And boy, is it gorgeous. Is it? Is it? <laughs> that's what everybody says. It's such a great set, and and they really did a good job building Gotham. What year is this movie supposed to take place? All right. So I asked this question pretty <laughs> about halfway through. I questioned it, I like, and then Wait a realized minute. why couldn't I figure this out? And I had to look it up. Did you look it up? I also? didn't look it up. I'm actually very. Why curious. don't you take a guess? It seems like it's the 40s. It's very specific the year. Oh, when it comes down to it. It seems like the 40s. It seems like the 40s. Even with the boom boxes. Oh. Even with the 80s cars. Oh, I forgot about all that. Even with the one henchman's Glock. All right. So it's like, it's like the 80s, but like in a universe where the 40s are still pretty cool. I don't know. I've, I got nothing. It's 1947. Oh. Very specific. And I only know that because I'm going through this 
And one of my favorite things to do is whenever you get a newspaper scene in a movie. Oh, so look at the And the you date. look at all. Don't look. The, the date just said November 7th on it. Didn't have a oh, year. Wow. Didn't have anything. Okay. But you look at the articles. And sometimes you see little goofy goofs thrown about of just, let's have some fun here. Let's throw in whatever we want. Sure. And on this one, they start talking about President Truman. Oh, wow. And then they start talking about some Hungarian premiere. And it, you keep going down the like the list, and eventually, I mean, it's been proven that November seventh was a Friday. The, the newspaper says Friday, November seventh on it. That's all, all great and whatnot. They're talking about ex President Hoover, hmm. not being like satisfied with something going on, but there's like real historical facts in these wow. newspapers. Pops up once when we meet, we meet our our woman of the movie. Oh, good old Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Oh, those legs. Might as well talk about Robert <laughs> Wool while we're at it, too. Yeah, we might as well. So Interesting fella there. Oh, boy, is he slimy. He's <laughs> so slimy. And my favorite thing about him is the way he's introduced. Chasing an ambulance. Oh, yeah. And that's ex- and it's, it's that's... so perfect. And he, my favorite thing is what he, he says things just amuse himself. Oh, definitely. Because he'll turn his little recorder on, say something like, hey, do you believe in bats? Ba, 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 ba. And the guy's... In a car, halfway down the block, right? Turns it off, going like, "Fucking got him!" <laughs> Nailed it. God damn it, Robert Wall. <laughs> While this also going on, we get our exterior of Gotham. Beautiful Gotham. We get to meet our villain. Oh boy, do we get to meet our villain? Good old Jack. Which one? Napier. Yeah. But we also have a Jack Palance sighting. Oh. And it is so good. Jack Palance is Jack Palancing all over this screen. <laughs> he sure is. As the as Jack Napier's boss. He puts the old the old hit on 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 Jack Napier, played by Jack Nicholson. That's just lucky. Yeah. Do you think Jack Nicholson said, I'll do the movie if you name the character Jack? Maybe. Apparently. I think Robin Williams said the same thing. Oh, you're not familiar? I'm not familiar. Robin Williams, uh, when they originally wrote the, the script, they wanted they wanted Jack Nicholson. They wrote it they thinking of Jack Nicholson, but there seemed to be some sort of issue with Jack. He couldn't commit. So they started talking to Robin Williams, and Robin Williams was super excited about the role and couldn't wait to play the Joker. And then something just worked out with Jack all of a sudden, and they're like, by Robin Williams and brought back in Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Go do your cocoon movie or whatever it is you do or and Awakenings. That's him. Robin Williams was pissed. Oh no! And wouldn't work for Warner Brothers again until they apologized to him. Ouch! Yeah. Ouch! He really wanted to be the Joker. He would have been a weird Joker. They offered him the role of the Riddler. Oh no! And oh he, no! <laughs> and he turned it down. Oh, I thought you was... were going to say they just they. He said, yeah, I'll do it. And they said, just Jay, just kidding. That's <laughs> no. a good joke. Or, <laughs> oh, uh. that sucks. Well, then they got Jim Carrey. Yeah. Who is probably still chewing that scenery. <laughs> probably. Oh, my God. Well, we get Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. As a superhero villain. Top of the world Jack Nicholson here. Yeah. This is, this is peak Jack. Oh, my God. This is a damn movie star. Yeah, this is kind of Hollywood royalty at the time, too, and he's going to act opposite of Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Cool. He's the foil to Beetlejuice. 
He's getting <laughs> directed by the guy who directed Large Marge. <laughs> How does any of this work? Uh, I don't know, but it does. Oh, it sort of does. It sort of does. I mean, it does. I don't know. Well, let's we'll get back to it because okay. when we talk about how it was critically received, sure, yeah, we'll talk about That's it. That's fair. So uh, things happen. I guess there's a there's a party at some point, which pissed me the fuck off because you have all these people in their 1940s attire, and then there's Vicky Vale. Might as well be getting married, <laughs> walking to the party in all white in this big old modern dress. She need to stand out. What? But at the same time, we still don't know who Bruce Wayne is. We know who it is, Michael Keaton. But besides that, but yeah, the is. characters in the world don't know who Bruce Wayne is. Right. And I absolutely love how he gets introduced. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. I wrote down the line because that's it made me that happy. So Bruce Wayne introduces himself while Robert Wool and Vic, I don't know his character in this. Uh, Alexander Knox. Sure. They call him Allie, don't they? Or something like so. that? Something like that. Right, so you have Allie Knox and you have Vicky Vale wandering around his place. They go into this room that has all this this armor and whatnot. And Knox says, oh, I wonder where he got all this stuff. And Bruce is just following him. And he says, it's Japanese. So Knox says, how do you know? He says, because I bought it in Japan. <laughs> it's such a good line. Because <laughs> they realize like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, this is Bruce. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whoopsie. That's so, so good. And the only real reason that Knox and Vicky Vale are even there is because they're trying to, I guess, get the scoop on Batman by just going to Bruce Wayne's house. It seems like they had a reason. lead like, already. It seemed like the, well, the commissioner was going to be there, Commissioner oh, right, Gordon. And right. I guess they were trying to get their the lead. Trying to, I guess that's what you do. You got to question some cops at a big fancy party. I don't know. Well, at this big fancy party. Rando cop don't know who he is, tells the commissioner that uh, Napier's trying to take over something. Something. Some place that has all this acid or whatever. <laughs> uh, or whatever Lieutenant Eckerd? Is that? Lieutenant Eckerd's the guy with the big, he looks like a walrus Oh, to me. he does look and like a walrus. he's corrupt, and we know Sand he's corrupt tusk. because that's the only character motivation he has. Because he meets up with Jack. He sure does, and he gets a pay... Oh, God, when they introduce Eckert, it's right around the corner from the ambulance that Knox chases. Yeah. He literally turns a corner and gets a payoff from Knox. I mean, from uh, Napier. Because why not? If Knox was a better reporter, he would have seen all of that. Instead, he's throwing out his disses to himself. (laughs) Oh, I got him. Got him. (laughs) Got him. Meanwhile, he's 20 feet away getting a sandwich of money from the Joker. No, not the Joker. No, that's true. Not yet. Jack Napier. Just Jack Napier. Just Jack Napier. But if we want to, if you want to get into to, well, I guess all right. So Jack Palin sets up Jack Napier, says, "Oh, he's running, he's out of time, whatever it is. His luck just ran out." Yeah, and he t- makes I'm sure, sick and he makes sure guy. he takes his lucky deck. That's weird. Just because, why not? Yeah, make why sure, not? Make sure you bring that with you. You're gonna need that luck. Oh, Edward Enigma, make sure you take your book of riddles before <laughs> you go do whatever you do. <laughs> that just worked. So, obviously, it doesn't work out. This whole siege or whatever Jack it, was trying to take. It goes awry. I goes off the rails pretty hard. Oh, yeah. To the point that Batman, this annoyed me. This annoyed me. So, Alfred, who 
God damn it. I love Alfred. Oh, Alfred. I love him so much. Alfred's great. I have one problem with Alfred. Yeah. But we'll get there. Nope. Nope. We're here. We've arrived. Oh. We're going to jump that far in the movie already? Oh, we're going that deep? Oh, yeah. We don't need to go that deep yet. Okay, no. We'll get there. Okay. I feel like Alfred is like, should be everyone's grandpa. Oh, absolutely. He's so good. I wish my grandpa was Alfred. I don't care if he hears it. No. that <laughs> been great. But Alfred interrupts Knox and Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne. He says, oh, the commissioner just left abruptly. And he's like, okay. Bruce Wayne just shrugs it off. And he's like, no, no, no. He f- he's out. Abruptly. Abruptly. Oh, should I do the oh. bad thing? <laughs> oh, I gotta. Oh, I gotta go. Oh, I gotta go. And yes. then, and then for some, he goes. This was this was my first question of what year is it? Bruce Wayne goes downstairs into the Bat Cave, and he just has these video monitors all around him. Yeah. Oh, where did that, that come from? In that room, it pans to like a, a one way mirror with all this recording equipment set up, just recording what was happening in the room. Un- I, I don't get it. Just like a camcorder on a tripod going through a one-way mirror. Two-way mirror? In just a random call room. call it a two-way or a one? So, it feels like it should be a one-way because it's like one-way. I think I, I think it's a two-way, though. I think it is, too, but I feel like a two-way mirror is just a window. A two Or a mirror on both sides. But what then would that, would just that? Be, that would just be a mirror. That would be like double mirror. Back-to-back where you're not seeing through That's it. A, it's a four-way just... mirror. Halfway mirror? What do you call that? <laughs> Either way, Bruce Wayne's watching a room that he doesn't need to be watching. There's no reason. But then, lucky for us as the viewer, and lucky for Bruce Wayne that Tim Burton was there, because the video that he sees is the exact shot that we saw in the movie. (laughs) The exact angle, the exact everything. Really? So, lucky us. Oh. It's a good thing Tim Burton is running his surveillance. (laughs) Oh, man. We go to this place. What is it? Access or Axis? Whatever it is. I have no is. idea. But I don't know what they're trying to take. I don't know what the point of this is. I, I know that Jack Palance is setting up Jack Napier and... Maybe the mission was flawed to begin with. Maybe. I don't know. There's all it's sorts of... setup. There's all sorts of acid. Go there and get the acid. Ah, see? <laughs> Looks like you're lucky right now, see? <laughs> don't forget 40s. to take your lucky duck, see? 40s, right? That's how they... I guess so. Ah, that's how they talk, see? Why don't you head on down to the factory there and get some acids, eh? Hey, he goes there. Doesn't so it doesn't matter. Batman finds the Joker and does the whole hey, knock it off there, mm. hot shot or whatever. Stop it, you. Whatever the fuck it is. Uh. And then gets let go and then Jack Napier just shoots Eckert, because Eckert's there and realizes that I guess that this is the end for Jack Napier and kills Eckert. And then Batman's like, oh fuck no. Now I gotta do now something. Now I gotta do something here. He does, a, he does a stiff boy kick and knocks him into the... Where does he grab him and throw him? I don't know. He ends up in the acid. He falls in the acid. And, and then Batman does his his smoke bomb and he goes up. And I mean, we see it clear as day. He's so visible the whole the time. The people there are just like, whoa. Where did he go? Where did he go? So he like gone. Up. Completely gone. A lot, of, a lot of cape work again. So <laughs> much cape work. But after that, I'm happy it doesn't take too long. You see the white hand come out of the acid. It's... It's great. It's pretty great. It's great. We get to go to to our our back alley, alley doctor. Our back alley doctor is just a man. Oh, yeah. You see his goofy equipment. Tim Burton is just jerking off the entire time they're shooting this. <laughs> He's so happy. This then is you all have, I have. What you have you little expect? Eli Roth sitting next to him going, I'm going to do this one day, too. <laughs> <laughs> and 
they literally unravel his face. Which, I mean, you could say he unraveled his sanity, too, and he's got the uh, the smile. Oh. You don't see it, oh, and they it's... hide it so goddamn well. They do. In the shadows, and it's just oh, burnt. And it's you're like, oh, I'm going to see it. We're going to see it. Let's see the face. Nope. He just you walks don't. upstairs or out <laughs> of the seat, and he's laughing, and it's great. It's amazing. It just builds so much anticipation. And, I mean, the movie doesn't really, like, it doesn't take long to get to where it needs to go. Not really, no. It's, uh... It just it, well, it's, it, this part keeps moving because you kind of get your origins all over the place, which right. is great. And then Vic, Vicky Vale t- goes on a date with Batman at their place, and you get the long table scene, which I've always the loved. long table is amazing. It's so so good, but you kind of realize Bruce Wayne's like motivation throughout all this. Of he's he's a cool he's a cool guy. He's kind of down to earth, and that stuff really isn't him. And it's such right, a right. It's where he's like, I don't even think I've ever been to this room. I want to go somewhere else, and they go have, they go have. Let's go eat in the kitchen at the counter. Yeah, yeah. But this is so different than the Christian Bale Batman. Oh, because it's night. Christian Bale is all about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That girl was sitting on Christian Bale's lap. It's an act, but I think he's kind of enjoying the act. I think he is enjoying the act, and it shows in Dark Knight when he goes and is at, got his underground Apple store room that he lives <laughs> in. I don't know. Like, you know he likes the nice things. This Absolutely. Bruce Wayne kind of isn't all about that. No. Not all about that at all. Oh, he's spending all his money on his bat toys. That's really it. He gets Vicky Vale all drunk and whatnot. Vicky Vale says, like, oh, this house really isn't you, and it's like, well. Some of it is. Some of it is. Some like, of it's really me. <laughs> Some of it's just not. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it... Fine. Yeah. You know what? Fine. <laughs> That's what it takes to get Vicky Vale to the bedroom. It worked. I'm not sure that he banged her. They she does say later in the movie, I slept with you. I can't believe I did that. Well, there you have it. So. that was, And he's hanging upside down at a point? Yeah. Well, he can't sleep when he's... Like a normal person, he's got to sleep like, going like a whole, bat, apparently. He's going all the way. Or was he working out? I don't even know. Was he doing calisthenics? I Just kind of swinging. It was really needed oil. Yeah. Need that oil. No wonder she woke up. Yeah. He's just over there squeaking, <laughs> sleeping upside down. And I'm happy that scene ends because there's, to me, it annoys me. Yeah, there's. It, it actually lasts a little longer than it should. Yep. And then he says, I'm going out of town, and she leaves. And that's why you don't date reporters, because now she's just going to sleuth the fuck out of them. She didn't even have to, though, because Alfred was like, we're going to be here. Oh, that's right. Alfred blows up his spot real quick. Yeah, they should have They should have texted their 1947 phones. And they should have, exactly. Hey, hey, yo, Al, Al, so I'm going out of town. Just, you got me? I got you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I got you, B. <laughs> no, no problem, buddy. <laughs> Scene ends. Master Wayne. And here, this is the part where I think, A, the movie starts and also hits its lag. Because this movie has major lags. Oh, definitely. Real big lags. But we have the scene. still so good. Jack Palance apparently lives in his office, I guess. Yeah, he spends a lot of time there. He's got his little leather leather sandals or slippers. He's got his robe I didn't on. Notice that he goes and pours himself a little scotchy scotch. He did. And who enters? Jack Napier. In the distance, in the shadow, in the shadow, you see sort, can't see his you face. You sort of see the white face a little, a little tiny bit. bit. Like, oh, 
and he comes closer. You're squinting. And he just comes forward. closer. It is such a slow burn. And it it's does, so yeah. well done. And when he comes in, you're full blown Joker. He pops a couple into Jack Palance. Did it set him up over a, gr- a, a girl? Girl who we didn't really know. Over a woman? Yeah. Are you nuts? We barely knew her. Why do we care as an audience about right. this? About any of that motivation? We don't really know how bad of a person Jack Palance is, because that's never said at all. We just know he's in charge. I mean, we got a good idea that he's not a wonderful person. We got that, but there's no, to me, there's no motivation at all. This At all. It's just something, it should right, look up and it's something to advance this. Mm. Not going to serve any purpose. No. At all. Jack Palance is a MacGuffin. Wow. That's fair. I'll accept it. So I guess that I guess that Joker takes over that whole operation then. Cause he takes I mean he sits in his chair. That's that's I the guess rule. that's all it takes. That's the rule. That's if you all it really takes. You kill a crime boss, sit in his chair, it's yours now. That's it. Everything he once had that's belongs yours. to you. You got the chair? I'll oh. bow to you, man. I'll bow to you. I'll, go, I'll follow you anyway. Oh, he's sitting in the chair. Never and he's mind. got his he's henchman, kinda... Bob. Oh, oh yeah, The Bob. long-haired Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, man. That guy's just always there. He's not an intimidating guy either. No, he kind of looks like uh, the singer from ACDC a little bit to me. That's oh, what I always think I of. But like that. a more yeah. weak version of him. Yeah. <laughs> like a more malnourished. Like a, like a less intimidating <laughs> It's yeah, true. He's uh... But he sits in his chair and he goes to Bob. And then you have Joker doing a Jack Palance impression saying, oh, you're my number one. And he's hamming it up so hard. And I laughed a lot. It made me very happy. I want to know where he got the hand buzzer. Oh, that's such a good scene. Where did he get that? I don't know. Did but he, he make it? Did he commission it for some? Hey, I need like, you know, like the classic gag, shake somebody's hand and zap them a little bit. I need one of those. No, no, But it needs to light a dude on fire. It needs to make him a skeleton by the end of this. And his <laughs> and his polka dot tie needs to still be on. Who sells those? You got me. He needs to burn skin, but not clothing. Right. Keep that in mind. <laughs> it's got to It's got to be, it's got to come from the inside out, but stop before it reaches his clothes. But even before that scene. Because that's kind of his official takeover, if you will. That's true. Before that, you get introduced to kind of, well, no, you get introduced to everything. Joker kind of lays it all on the line because you have this first meeting where they turn over the business to the other guy, who I don't know the fuck he is. They probably said his name. The big guy with the accent. He was in the meeting with Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, like, oh, we went out of town. All your business was blah, blah. So he takes it over. And you get the mimes. The mimes is such a good seed. Yeah, it's so and random. It is so random, but it's like the right amount of goofy for this. Yeah, that it works. It's so. perfect for the Joker. And then this is to me was so good. How he's like, oh yeah, no, we signed over his business with this pen. It's the quill, and this is our first instance of a Joker making a pen disappear. Oh wow, good catch. It made me so happy when he did it. So he offs him, and then he just leaves. And he's like, okay. And he's gone. There we go. Everyone gets away. <laughs> he does a murder in the middle of, literally in front of the police station town hall area. Just gone. Completely and gone. And peace. 
Joke's on you. And it should have said that. He's leaving because it doesn't fucking matter what he says. He's getting right. away. Right. Nobody. The only person who's still. The only two people who are still standing up at the end of this are Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne. It's true. And they're just. They're standing there. And all I'm pretty willy-nilly. sure Bruce Wayne got shot and didn't even flinch. Did he get shot? At one point, it looks like he gets shot in the arm. I'm not convinced. Because he didn't move. Well, it's just, that's just Michael Keaton's acting in this. That could be. It's just, I'm stiff, even when I'm not in costume. He was, yeah. It was very weird. He just walked up to the window. I don't know. And the Joker the Joker just killed all these people. Yeah. But he's like, you, staring at my window, watching me get away. I'm going to leave you. I got, you look like you. You know what? You look like you had a tough day. It looks like you just went to a theater and put flowers on the ground. Yeah. And you're. And your friend watched you? That that one night stand you had has been following oh, you around. God. There's a whole scene before that even that that Alfred's talking to Bruce about Vicky. Oh yeah. And he says, like, oh, she lifts whenever she's here, she lifts a weight off you. It's like, how the fuck do you know? He was here one she night. Was here one time. <laughs> he said he was going out of town. And then he didn't go out of town. He went to to town. He went to town. He went the only into place town. where she can legitimately find him. Right. And he went in his 1980s, just four door sedan. That's what yeah. that's what Bruce Wayne that's drives. That's what Bruce Wayne drives. He doesn't uh, drive a Lamborghini. Nothing flashy. Although for 1947, oh, very it's futuristic. Very nice car. <laughs> very futuristic. Where did he get that? <laughs> because it had to be like from at least the 70s. <laughs> Blows my mind. But I feel like that's what makes this movie kind of timeless. Um, that is that you can't don't, nail you down can't what nail, time it's in. Like yeah, it's set in one year, but. You have all these little nods to everything else that they just didn't hire a continuity person. Oh no, they're there. <laughs> they're always on set. <laughs> but you know it's done. Yeah, sure. It's on a nineteen eighty five Volvo. That's fine. Yeah. It's forty seven. Uh, whatever. You heard me. You heard. This is what I want. Who's got their who drove the set today? We need to borrow your car. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep in mind the budget. It's true. <laughs> But all right, so now the movie's getting all set up here because we have the news broadcast, which right aces. The part that bugged me about it is that they show the two models who who died. Yeah, they got Joker face on. Yeah, they showed fucking corpses on the news. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what the dead ladies look like now that they're dead. Now that they're dead, this is them. <laughs> they're all smiling, and this if is anybody. They're Jokering up. They're dead. If anybody wonders what these models look like now. Just you. Here's their bodies. Here's the, This is what anyone who puts this makeup. Oh, newscaster, other ladies, just cracking up at this death story. Yes. This is like like the goddamn room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so bad in a hospital on Guerrero Street. <laughs> Good start, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. Is <laughs> that motivating? Oh, That's God. exactly what it is. Oh, my God. It's funny. Newscaster, other newscaster dies, and then you kind of get, this is, to me, this is Tim Burton. Just having fun, yeah, with all of this, yeah. Where you get your intercut scenes and you see the newscasters without the makeup. I on. love it, and they just keep getting worse and worse yeah, every it's, time. Oh, it's so bad. It's incredible. I love it. But then at the same time, you have the Joker wearing makeup too. He's got the flesh color makeup, right? And it's such a it's such a simple special effect because you know that the makeup's just on whatever towel he's wiping, yeah, on it, and it's just it's such a simple effect. But they make him look so odd. When he puts the full flesh makeup on. Yeah. And it's like, you it's, actually... It's unsettling. You actually think that he's got, like, two sets of makeup going on. It's such, such a good move. 
It's very well done. So we move on and we we get to this is actually my favorite scene in the movie. It's the scene I remember most from this movie every single time. They come in to the art gallery. Oh. He's got the boom box on his yes, shoulder. The art gallery. And they're not stealing art. No. They're defacing it. They're just completely destroying it. I love it. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's not take it. Let's just paint all just over it. Just fuck it up a little bit. Yeah. Henchmen are having a good time. This they're, is like their day out. It. Yeah. Gotta keep them happy too. Got some 1947's prints on the on the boombox. Of course. Of course. <laughs> he gives Vicky Vale a gas mask. Yeah. And I, I don't know if those people are dead in there. I'll assume they are. I think it's probably a safe assumption. Because, you know, he pulls the same move later with the gas. So, yeah, we'll assume that all those people are dead. Yeah. He's got quite a body count. He does. But then he, he uses, I guess, my favorite way of summing up the Joker, like, in its entirety, of you have your Cesar Romero Joker from 1966, you have your Jack Nicholson, you got your Heath Ledger, you got your Jerry Leto. Yeah. They exist. Doesn't matter. Got to yeah. call it what it got is. Got your Joaquin Phoenix. But they all go the same way where they're not, like, they're all doing it as an act. It's all to destroy something, mm-hmm. to cause chaos. Right. But he does it in such a thoughtful way that he calls himself an artist. Right. Which is the best part. And he says that he's the world's first fully functioning homicidal artist. That's it. That's amazing. Chef's kiss. It's perfect. It's the perfect way to sum up Joker. Wow. <laughs> Sam Ham, you crushed it, bud. You did it. Now you don't need to do monkey bone. You don't need to check bone. that badly. <laughs> uh, but of course, all this gets ruined because the, the bat, the bat falls, calls, falls from the damn bat. Just comes on, dives on in, steals Vicky Vale, flies out, and we get my. I wrote down it as my favorite line of the movie at the time. Oh. It's because it's used in Mall Rats, also. Right. Where did you get those wonderful toys? It's so good. It's so. Good. And the way that Jack Nicholson delivers the line is perfect. It's so deadpan because he could turn off the, the psycho so easily. Yeah. It makes me so happy. You get your Batmobile on the street. You first look at the Batmobile. Right. There's... I'm, I'm going to go on record. Okay. This is the best Batmobile. Don't give me the tumbler. No, fuck the tumbler. Don't need it. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it to this you. This is perfect. This is a good Batmobile. No, this car is perfect. Got the jet engine in the back. Yep. You got your dome. Yeah. You your it, the dome that almost takes off the mat the the cowl. Yeah. Well, that's because there's a lot of ear. <laughs> so a lot much of ear. Goes to the streets. I guess he hits traffic at a point. Gets out. Single goofiest shot of the movie is oh. Batman running through the streets. I was gonna say the the terrible effect of the shield mode on the Batmobile. Oh God. It's so bad. You see that it's an effect. You see that it's an effect. It's so bad. It's it's worse than the fake spotlights later in the movie. Oh, those are pretty bad. They're awful. Those are pretty bad. But the shield bad. mode on the Batmobile is the worst thing in the movie. It's it's not it's not good. Batman gets another fight scene. He's all stiff again. Fine. Yeah. After that. No, we're still fighting. Uh, it is what it is. Can't move my neck. Whatever. Then he's, he's in the car, Batmobile again. Batmobile drives on its own. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is... Serious technology for 1947. It is, but one note's not good technology. Vicky Vale's internal GPS. She's in the battle, all confused, and asks, where are you taking me? 
the only fucking place that's out this direction, Vicky. Oh, yeah. Clearly going, yeah. you know where you're going. You've been there. You've driven yourself there. We've watched you leave there. <laughs> There's not much else out there. I, you know? Unless you enter the cave and it's a solid 15-mile drive underground in a spiraling pattern. Doesn't seem that way. It doesn't. That'd be very inconvenient, too, for crime fighting's sake. It just blows my mind how it's... But we see the Batcave, finally. Yes. It makes me very happy. Uh, it's simple. Very dangerous driving that car that fast and then stopping on that tiny little tiny. ledge. Yeah. And then how does he get out of there? He doesn't have enough room to turn it around. I bet it turns around. So it probably does. It has to. Yeah. The only thing that's really in there is his surveillance system, his car, and his suit. And his suit. That's it. This is no Christian Bale Batcave. This is no Adam West Batcave. That's Adam true. West Batcave is the greatest bit of of production design that's ever existed in my mind. Where you have your Batcave and everything that's there has a label telling you exactly what it is. Oh, that's amazing. And everything starts with Bat. Well, of course it does. And it's terrific. Absolutely terrific. But there's a lot of shit in that place. Well, yeah. There's nothing in this one. No. And there's an Alfred. There is an Alfred. Which is, you know, we need that sometimes too. I would argue often. So next up, Bruce Wayne goes to Vicky Vale's apartment. To me, this is where the movie dies in a big bad way. <laughs> it just slams the brakes on. It's to me, this is brutal. This is the longest scene in the entire movie. It's tough. Because he's trying to explain many different ways. Sam Ham, you just knocked it out of the park. And then he monkey boned it up. And you monkey boned this whole scene up. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to explain a million different ways why he is the way he is. Like, listen, listen. Li-. He th- pushes her on the couch at one point. Yeah. He, Boy, that's aggressive. It's very aggressive. I need to tell you something. What could he possibly have to say that's so important? We're not going to find out because, knock, knock, knock. Who shows up? Joker at the door. Joker here. Joker here. And... Joker goes after Vicky Vale again. Oh, before at the art thing, there's the whole thing with the girl in the mask who oh, looks like right. Vicky, and I don't, I never understood it. I guess he, he's called her a sketch. He's trying to clone her, maybe. I know. I think with that the was, That was the girl from earlier. Yeah, but she kind of looks like Vicky in this scene, so it looks like he's trying to like make a Vicky. I don't know. I don't know. I never understood. I think her. it. I think it's literally just the the girl from earlier that um that uh Jack uh. Other Jack there. Palance? Jack Palance? That he was... It's a two-timing that girl. That he was jacking up? Yeah. She, uh... It's her. Yeah. But then she got her face all jacked up because the Joker was playing with her. His acid. Whoa. He's well, testing, that... testing some stuff out with these these chemicals he's playing with. Just, he just needs a Just like a litmus strip or something like that. He'll figure this out. Exactly. Doesn't have one. Clearly. He's got a buzzer that will light you on fire. From the inside. Not your clothes. Your clothes are fine. Clothes are just fine. Can't figure out acid. She had an accident, apparently, and he puts the mask on the mantle and smashes it. Yeah. That's a thing. Makes me wonder if it was really an accident. Wink. (laughs) Bruce Wayne goes in the other room and then pulls a Marty McFly. (laughs) He just finds, just finds, I guess, a tray. Yeah. And goes back in. Second best line of the movie coming up. Yes. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! 
Maybe that's why they didn't let Michael Keaton act a lot in this movie. Yeah, maybe. That's... Because that's... Oh, that's so good, though. Uh, it's it's not great. But it's about to get great. Sure is. Because he gets lit up. Gun style. Bam, bam. And then... The greatest line in cinema history. Ever. Oh, God. Oh, I get to do it? Oh, you're lucky. It's your lucky day. Oh, lucky me. It's a good thing you brought your lucky cards. Your lucky deck. That's why you never rub another man's rhubarb. Oh, Jack Nicholson. You did it again. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Is that Jack Nicholson or is that Sam Hamm? Does it... Oh, I, I don't know. I, I want... Don't... I want to believe it's... I want to believe it's improv If it is, that's something special. Oh, very. And if it's Sam Hamm, that's something sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not great. That's what Monkey Bone that's, was missing. Yeah. Oh, if they made Monkey Bone, just that. Just rubbing another man's rhubarb. Another... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that line is so damn perfect. It's weird. Yeah, then well then Joker leaves, she turns around and Bruce Wayne's gone. Cause you know, why wouldn't he be? Right. That's what he does. But her tray is there with the bullet lodged in it. With the a single bullet. This man's not special or anything. There's nothing weird about any of this. I don't know. I don't know. But you have you have Joker then hacking the TV again. Right. Pushing aside somebody who wouldn't be on a different screen. That's not how TVs there's work. There's only one screen. Why? I'm watching TV. I'm only watching. I'm not watching side by side monitors. I can't see him swiping away the other side. That's that's not a thing. Well, the thing that this reminds me of, like the I kept thinking of it while it was happening, is you ever heard of Max Headroom? Yes. This is what this kept reminding me of. Have you ever heard of the Max Headroom incident? No. The Max Hedrum incident happened in 1987, so only two years before. Okay. During an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, I'm much more intrigued And now. as it popped out, that someone hacked the station in Chicago, and Max Hedrum, someone in a Max Hedrum mask popped on and just started going wild on air. That's incredible. With it. Yeah, and it was like so creepy the way it was done because Max Hedron was a big character in the eight, and like he was the 80s. Yeah, yeah. He was the And he pops Absolutely. up in like Back to the Future Part 2. But this is what this reminded me of. He's like Joker's just hacking it and goofing. He's having a goof with all this stuff that's going on. Yeah. But he says he's going to drop 20 million on the city. It's a lot of money. It's less than this movie made an opening weekend. It's half of what this movie is. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of money, but he does it. This is kind of like the whole causing chaos that you see Heath Ledger do. Right. So brilliantly. Right. That's all he's after. Some people but just But he want sort to of isn't because burn. he's just out to get the people out on the street. Right. Which is, I mean. The whole time, Joker has ulterior motives. The whole time. They're not great motives. They're not great motives. No. But it's less about chaos than it is with. He's just homicidal. Yeah. He's completely homicidal. All right. So he says he's going to drop 20 million on the city. End. End That's of it. scene. Yeah. You get the all of Gotham's all perked up or whatever we could see of it, at least. And he calls out Batman. He calls out Batman. You see Batman sitting in his little, his little surveillance chair again. Mm-hmm. Here. I think this was the birth of another genius. Another man who just has his own style to himself. That's so iconic. 
Michael Keaton in this scene, sitting watching all this stuff. He's got his glasses on. Mm-hmm. He's got his black turtleneck on. Oh. He's got his blue jeans and sneakers on. He's Steve Jobs. What the fuck? What? <laughs> I did not notice this. Yeah. But now I'm intrigued. It's Steve Jobs' exact outfit, like the one that you know him for. Do you think he was about to unveil a new iPhone right before? I Who knows? I mean, I mean, it just it blows my mind that that's... When did Steve Jobs start dressing like Steve Jobs? That's a good question. Because I hope it was I in feel like I feel like in 1989, I could see Steve Jobs sitting in the theater going like, oh. That's a good look. Oh, I like that. Oh, he looks comfy. I'm all, no belt? No belt. I could pull that off. <laughs> if Mr. Mom could do it, anyone can. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, that's, I feel like this is like the birth of Steve Jobs here. It's Steve, not the birth of Batman. It's the birth Steve of Steve Jobs. When Steve Jobs isn't fighting crime. Can you imagine Steve Jobs in this role? <laughs> Almost just as much as I can imagine Michael Keaton. Doesn't make it. any sense. You're right. So, is this where we get our flashback and our origin? This is our origin. And it kind of just happens. Yeah. There is, I mean, this isn't all grandiose like it is in others. It's, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. The mom gets the pearls robbed and then Jack Napier. A young. Ooh, I guess they dashing. tied it together because they could. Yeah, it seems like a, a it, thing you do just because you can. It was forced. It was forced. And I dislike it story-wise. I will say the guy they got to play young Jack Napier, very good. He was very good. He was very he was And he looked quickly. a lot like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I think he just In that. a weird way. I'll agree. It was mostly in the eyebrows. Well, Jack Nicholson's his eyebrow heavy. It's all in the eyebrows. Oh man, you're making me think we completely neglected this line because i just don't think it matters i think it's kind of silly and it's what this movie's kind of known for have oh. you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight the pale moonlight. yeah it's it happens to something you like to say thing i like to say i just before think it's I fine i think there's better things in this movie than that line yeah but also i hate later on when it's delivered by batman why there was so much emotion there, yes there's <laughs> heaps and heaps of emotion hey joker you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Pow. I guess Batman kick. Again. Oh, God. He sounded tired when he said it. He just Do you want to know what's mm. tired? Is Alfred trying to force Vicky Vale and Batman together. She brings her to the Batcave. This is the problem I have with Alfred. Is it? And this entire movie. Because this is the problem I have with Vicky Vale. He brings her to the Batcave. Which is a sacred place. Without clearing it with Bruce. Without clearing it with the Batman. Who's really in charge here, though? Alfred shows up and says, guess what, bitch? He's Batman. No, it's, no, no, that's not Steve Jobs up there. That's that's Bruce. I can see where you're She's confused. Like, Who's Steve I Jobs? I can see where you're confused. <laughs> that's Bruce Wayne. It's 19, Note the hair. It's 1947. Who the hell is Steve Jobs? <laughs> it's What are those things he's looking at? Is that a computer? I don't know. What what's going on here? She doesn't react at all. Not even a little bit. Not at all. She has no reaction. She actually gets all all pissed off a little to bit. To finding out that this dude is Bruce Wayne, Batman, one and the same. This moment of revelation. And she's like. Her question to him was, why won't you let me in? How much more ink could you you're get? You're in the Batcave <laughs> with Steve Jobs. How much more in could you get? Yeah, Secret's completely gone. Right. Completely gone. Did she forget 
the part where he was trying real hard to tell her something right before he got shot in her apartment? Strange, huh? Yeah. Why won't you let me in? For what it's worth, he didn't need to do the whole, I'm going to run out of the apartment thing after he got shot. He could have stuck around and be like, JK, I'm good. No, I got right. this. He could have stayed By the way, there. I owe you a new tray. So you let me buy you a tray. I am a billionaire. So no I got, biggie. I got Japan, Japanese. You want a Japanese, Japanese one? Tray. Yeah. I got you. By the way, Batman. Also, also I'm, I'm Batman. Batman. I was trying to say that earlier before. No, I did say it earlier. This guy right at the start of the movie, you weren't in it yet. That's right. That's right. So you missed that? You weren't there. I have a hard I'm time pos- saying it to women, I guess. Uh, if you came into my Bat Cave, there's surveillance probably showing me doing that. Yeah. And then I could just show you that. We'll be fine. We'll it's in a two-way we'll mirror, back. presumably. Four, it's in a halfway mirror. Oh, I think Tim Burton's got it over here, Tim, actually. Let me just... <laughs> let me ask Timmy Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's too busy playing with stop-motion animation to do this. Oh, right. Talking about Nightmares and Christmas and who knows what else. So, <laughs> she has no reaction. None. None. No, no, like, oh, that makes sense. Like, oh, this explains so much. Just, why won't you let me in? You're in my bat cave. You're in my bat cave. This is as in as it gets. Unreal. That was the scene that annoyed me the most. Same. I'm glad we're on the same page there. For some reason after this, this scene actually bugged me quite a bit. Batman takes the Batmobile, mm-hmm. drives to a place of bad of bad guys. Yep. Again, I don't know what this is, and I don't think I missed something. If I did, don't. Don't hurt me. He drives to this place, and he just drops fucking bombs. All those people dead. Batman's codas don't kill. All right. those people dead. Right. Dead and dead and dead. Well, I think I think what it was, he he thought the Joker was there. So he just... He thinks... I think... He could just... He thought he found the Joker's hideout. And he's just going to bomb the place like crazy, and then that'll solve the problem before the, the big parade. What he could do is just, you know, wait for the big parade because the Joker's going to come out with all his money. And then he's out in the open. Right. Completely out in the open. I don't I don't get it. What also annoyed me about, about this is the next shot after he blows up all this shit is Joker in the helicopter. In the helicopter. The helicopter is branded. Yeah. And he's got his orange megaphone. And I just asked myself. How much money and effort goes into all this? Like, how much time has passed since he became the Joker? I don't know. And you have the jackets. Bob has a jacket that has the Joker's face on it. Embroidered. Who is he commissioning to do all this? I don't know. I don't know. Who's like, oh, yeah, sure. You're that you're that guy from the TV. Let me just fella. Let me just paint your face onto this helicopter here. Oh, I should mention really quickly, Batman cracks the poison code in the makeup. Oh yeah. Because there was makeup short. It's just a thing that happens. Not, right. I don't think it's that terribly important. Fine. Like, oh, we got it. I Joker goes it like, ah, bah, $20 million. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean it. Oh, right. they figured it out. Darn. Uh, I guess uh, we'll throw a parade. Pull a cut parade. It's a goddamn Prince Parade. It is a Prince oh, Parade. Oh, it's so good. It's incredible. Jack Nicholson's having fun here. Oh, definitely. He's having such a good time with this whole movie. I guess they were actually playing... I can't even do it justice. That's what I feel bad about. Because it's he's so good in this movie that you can't really do it justice without seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's something else entirely. I'd agree. Well, they start throwing money out and Prince is playing and $20 million. Not a lot of Gothamite showed up. Yeah. It's a real weak crowd. They couldn't get a lot of extras that day. Apparently. Are we throwing money around? Who wants to be on set to pick it up? It's not real money. It's yeah, it's just the Joker money. 
his Joker money. With his big old balloon. He just wants his face on the one dollar bill. That's what he says. That's all he Why wants. Why do you aim so low? <laughs> Why the one? I don't know. I don't know. He had a way better shot at the twenty. Yeah, that's an easy one to get on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, replacing George Washington is a tall feat. Replace Andrew Jackson? Yeah, get him out of there. You know, we could have a conversation. You know we could The conversation's been had. It has maybe not in forty seven, but I don't even know who was on it in forty seven. It's probably still Jackson. Probably still Probably still Jackson. One of what's cooler than Andrew Jackson? What is? The Batwing. The Batwing. I love the gratuitous shot of it in front of the moon that there was no reason for him to go up there. Why? E.T. had come out seven years earlier. Why wouldn't you put that in front of the moon? Well, no. Do it. Moon but, shots. But plot-wise, no reason for it. You could say that about a lot of stuff. They could put a lot of stuff in front of the moon from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, does, it doesn't matter because we're getting to our climax. He flies around in that damn thing for so long. Yeah. But then he decides to fly directly at Joker. Joker just stands there like a badass motherfucker. He's like, yeah. Oh. And he pulls a comically large revolver Come out of his Come at me, pants. bro. Come at me, bro. I'm just going to stand here. You're going to fire several missiles and, and a I'm couple Gatling guns at me. And I'm going to fire one bullet from a handgun. <laughs> Like you said, comically long handgun. <laughs> they that pulled he out, has out of his pants. Out of his pants. Over leg, the belt. All the way up. Oh, it's so. One shot. He one shot. Oh, he, he knocked the bat right down. He, he withstands a barrage of homing missiles and Gatling guns, and then one shots the Batwing. Yeah. Oh, this is all after, by the way, that uh, Joker started releasing gas. All right. And Vicky goes in a car. And that keeps safe. And Robert Wold decides to be brave and runs out. I guess. I guess. I guess. I don't. Uh, at this point in the movie, I've stopped caring about Robert Wool. The, the world stopped caring about Robert Wool. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy's still here? Neat. Great. <laughs> He's probably going to pick on me off screen somewhere. Yep. And be so proud of himself. So proud. <laughs> I got that on my recorder. <laughs> so then Joker starts releasing all these other balloons with gas. And then Batman goes and scoops them all up with his very specific accessory on his bat. Yeah, the, the bat scissors. <laughs> Bats. The bat grabbers. And then turn into the bat wire cutters. Right. And then. And then Joker throws the best five-year-old temper tantrum I've ever seen. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> My balloons! <laughs> but he's not saying it as Joker. He's saying it as Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And he is legitimate. Not even... No, he's not even angry about it. He's not that angry about it. He just goes, he took my balloons. What the hell, man? Like, what the fuck? He took my balloons! Took- <laughs> Bob, Why didn't you guys tell Bob, me he gun. got that thing? Bob, gun. Yes. And goodbye, Bob. And bye, Bob. <laughs> Bob, give me your gun. I'm going to shoot you, Bob. Oh, bye, Bob. So good. That was the exact death that Bob deserved. Yeah, but I feel like Jack Nicholson yelling, he stole my balloons, is the reason why movies were created. Just in general. That's fair. And Sam Hamm strikes again. How is he so hot and so cold? I don't know. I don't understand it. It blows my mind. They move on. Because I guess Joker kidnaps Vicky Vale in a church. Yeah. Because why not? Well, I guess they had recently seen Phantom of the Opera and decided 
to or vertigo and they just start climbing upwards to rewrite the they wanted the final scene to end in a bell tower because they just saw phantom oh that bell tower shot is so cool though when the bell drops oh it's great it's great but before that it's just batman walking around a church knocks over pews the domino up yep why i can see tim burton sitting there going you know it'd be cool domino pews let's do it (laughs) let's do it domino pews i want to do this in peewee they wouldn't let me we're gonna do it here (laughs) <laughs> it feels yeah. feels more yeah. right here. <laughs> so let's just have him push over. <laughs> let's just have him push over some pews and then just keep on going. It took him a while too to get that first pew. Yeah, Batman's all hurt because he crashed the Batwing after one bullet hit him. Yeah, so he's all limpy now. I'm mad. I'm gonna knock over these pews. But Joker's holding Vicky Vale at comically large gunpoint. Yeah. Well, and then at one point he just he it just he shrinks the muzzle of the gun to a normal size. And then he pulls the trigger, and it just... Classic. Bang. Classic bang gun. Bang gun. So and he throws the gun, because it doesn't matter anymore. But he shot that gun already. Yeah. How is it a bang gun and a real gun? I don't, he must have a bang bullet? I don't know. I it don't must know be how, what it is. I don't know how these work. Maybe, maybe he had a missile in there. Maybe it has something to do with how comically large it is. It's got different settings. I don't, he just throws the thing all willy-nilly, though. Yeah, he's like, all There's right, well, nothing to it. Bang. <laughs> that was a fun joke. Hey, deep. Does his little flower squirt that he has got his flower on his lapel and he melts the bell and the bell falls down and doesn't do it doesn't do much just no. No. the front door you can't get in now ah oh, no right the cops are no more cops it, it's a minor inconvenience to the platform that Batman was standing on barely but it doesn't really take it out He's, he can we wouldn't still, know because Michael Keaton doesn't react to a goddamn bell falling past him <laughs> walk up the stairs so he'll do he'll be just fine yeah he'll be just fine then Jack Nicholson starts dancing with Vicky Vale. And she's, like, passing out for whatever reason? She had to go up all those stairs. I think Jack Napier's in very good shape. Okay. That's fair. He must be. She was legitimately falling asleep. Didn't look good. No, she was just like, all right, I'll dance with you. So Batman gets up there, and then there's a ninja. This confused me. I don't know where this dude came from. Why is there to be a ninja? Was he just waiting up there? Was this all part of the plan? I don't know. But he does his whole flip thing, and it's a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark here where he just goes wild. Batman just gives him one solid kick to the sternum, and that sternum is fucked. And that's it, yeah. It and was, that's the end it of It was very Indiana Jones. Ninja. Yeah, it felt very Indiana Jones. Very. Like, I half expect him to pull out a bat gun and shoot him. Do you think Tim Burton knows how to direct action at this point in his career? Because what action is there in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and what action is there in Beetlejuice? I'm going to say no. It's no, real think, light, because... Yeah, he's... This is his real first attempt at it, I think. It's okay. But Can it just feels like he doesn't know how to direct action at this point. But I, Michael Keaton's stiff suit is not helping. No, not at all. So I get that you can't turn your head fine, but he can't do anything. No, he's he's useless. He is just wooden. Just completely. I am statue man with big ears. Don't come too close. I'll kick. Mm. Don't do it. Hiya. So he, he kicks the shit out of this ninja. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Fine, I guess. Uh, one thing I liked about this whole scene, though, Batman's bloody. Yeah. He's got blood on his face. Yeah, and Batman. I appreciate that because this They make year, him human. Yeah. That was that was a nice little touch. It's important. Because Batman doesn't have any superpowers. Power of stiffness. The, po- the power of not moving and the from power my, of multiplicity. The waist up. <laughs> the power of cape moves. Oh, but then there's also the random black dude up there who Batman actually struggles fighting. 
Big time. Big time. Where did he, he come really from? struggles with this guy. Where did he come from? He might be Batman's toughest fight of the entire movie. Without a doubt. Without a doubt at this point. And he legitimately struggled with him. Why were those guys up there? I don't know. Batman throws him. He sure does. Him a, throws him to hell pretty much. So he's he's all dead. He's definitely dead. Batman kills more people in this movie than he does in the rest of the Batman movies combined. But then, I mean, this movie does a full-blown sprint to the end. Oh, yeah. Because you have Vicky Vale sees Batman just walk across the back in fog. It's always foggy when it sure, needs to be. Sure, And she starts kissing his arm. Yeah, that was a interesting choice on and her part. And she goes down on him. Yeah. Directly and Jack goes Hansen, down. Yeah. And that and camera did no favors to Joker, say. Joker's like... Oh, okay. And then, I guess she came around. <laughs> Batman delivers. The, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? And just nothing. Yeah, just, this should be this no should be, emotion. This should be super climactic, and it is nothing. It falls so flat. It is the flattest thing. He punches Joker or kicks him or whatever through wood. And then I actually <laughs> like wood. this part. Because he tells Joker that he killed his parents. Joker just says, I was just a kid. Yeah, which means somehow Joker knows who Batman is. I don't think he does. Or he's just making an excuse. No, because I think that, I mean, he kind of makes it seem like, oh, I killed a lot of people's parents. Like, Uh, your parents just on the list, and I was just a kid. I don't know. Just a kid. And I kind of enjoyed that. It made it it feel like, like, I don't know, he wasn't regretting it so much. I feel like he probably killed a lot of parents, even late in his life, though. You're probably right. Man, that deflated I think me it, a little bit. It might it might be a little bit of a plot hole right there. But I do appreciate Joker acknowledging that they created each other. Because Joker killed his parents. Right. You created And me. then Batman I said you created me, you created I created you. You have to say that. What is this? Uh Yeah. And then I guess the Joker helicopter nonsense at the end yeah. is a thing. And then the worst, C- the worst CG of the whole movie is Joker falling off the building, off the church, and he just kind of fades away. The, the animated spotlights? Oh, it's... All over the building? Really, really rushed. Oh. And, you know, end of movie. I like whenever Joker's laughing. Like his maniacal laugh, and then you realize, he's like, oh, shit, I'm actually in trouble right now. Yeah. And he kind of turns it off a little bit. He doesn't turn <laughs> it off fully, though. So the movie ends. That's it. That's, yeah. That's your Batman. Abrupt. It's pretty damn abrupt. It feels, the ending feels so rushed after this movie really, has, it, this movie's full of pacing issues, really. It took it its down. time a lot in the beginning, and then it was like, oh, we gotta get to the end. And I appreciated it taking its time, because I don't really look at Tim Burton as a director who takes his time with right. a lot of stuff. I feel right. like he wants to throw just a ton at you visually, and here he let the, the actors kind of introduce themselves, let it play out. Yeah. And then, this ending just out of nowhere, it's so rushed. Very. It's, oh, there it is. And and Batman, directed by, by Tim Burton. Still, for whatever reason. So, when this movie ended, what were your what were your thoughts on it directly after? My first time seeing it or my most recent time seeing it? Both. I can't remember entirely my first time seeing it, but I would say. I was excited. I was like, oh, Batman. Yeah. Um, Because I was a little kid and I love Batman. I was was 
I watched a lot of the animated series growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think my parents let me watch the movies until until a little bit later. Because uh, they're dark. Yeah. They're real dark. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> most recently, I was like, that's it? <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the end? Yeah, I had issues with this because... I watched it again, and my first note here is this is a great movie. Now, look, I'm reading it right off of it. Yeah. But it has so many pacing issues where I was about an hour into this movie, realized I had an hour left, and said, how? How? Yeah. There's still so much that has to happen. But there isn't at the same time. Right. They could cut out so many of these little things going on and just get on with it. Yeah. Like when Batman randomly drives and blows up that whole building. Yeah. And then Joker's not even there. Ha <laughs> ha, he's up in the helicopter. Fine. And I still, weirdly enough, after seeing this, I, I'm questioning, like, I used to say, like, Michael Keaton was my Batman. I I still think he might be. He's definitely my Bruce Wayne. He's a very good Bruce Wayne. He's my Bruce Wayne. I don't know if he's my Batman. Yeah. It's a weird, like, it's a, I'm in a weird in-between right now, I think. Yeah. I, I don't, I still don't think Christian Bale's my Batman when it comes down to it. But. I don't know. So when I think of Batman, I think of this Batman, weirdly enough, still. Yeah. Maybe Adam West. Adam West is great, but it's a totally different Batman. It's an entirely different character. It's a it's a campy, goofy. It is. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's great. I mean, Jack Nicholson's still my Joker, even though Heath Ledger took a totally different direction. This is Jack's movie. Ja- this is, is Jack's movie. It is Jack's movie. And and he makes this movie. Without Jack Nicholson, this is not the same movie. No. It's but, and it's hard to get through if it's I not like Jack how Nicholson. Tim Burton just lets Jack Nicholson have fun. And he does it again in Mars Attacks. Just lets him have fun. I've never seen Mars Attacks. Oh, you're missing out. That's yeah, what I hear. You're missing out. Yeah. It's a it's a weird treat. <laughs> I think I still Is it good? No. Is it great? Absolutely. Ledger's Joker. Ledger's Joker's totally different than this Joker. Very different. But I believe the chaos and the and the just wanting to watch the world burn. I could buy that. Whereas this dude just wants to murder some people. He's, he's, no, he's extremely homicidal. <laughs> he admits to it. So again, this movie comes out in 1989. We look back on the rotten on Rotten Tomatoes about this. It's got a 72%. Really? That's pretty respectable. That is. I mean, if you look at some top critics here, Hollywood Reporter says, Stunning achievement, especially through the incredible and unique visualization of Tim Burton. I kind of get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Burton's unique, for sure. Uh, Orlando Sentinel says, the storytelling has weaknesses, but the characters are fascinating. I'll go with character. Yeah. On yeah. that one, that's kind of off a little bit there. Kind of a negative one here. It says, is it interesting? Fitfully. Is it fun? Not much. Gotham City fans? Not much. Huh. That's kind of brutal. That's from yeah. Los Angeles times. So it's it's kind of interesting the way that this was received because, I mean, it seems like it was received style over substance. Definitely. Everything I've read has said pretty much the same thing. It's that uh, while there, it was lacking in plot, it was visually the best Gotham City, blah, blah, blah. There's no, I mean, there's no denying this movie has a style of its own, especially for the time. Well, it's very Burton. It's so Burton. Batman Returns is even more Burton. Absolutely. Which is, it's all Burton in that one. Yeah. They, I mean, they let him get away with a lot here. This feels, have you ever seen Brazil? Terry Gilliam's Brazil? No. This reminds me a lot of that, the way that this is shot. So it, 
it seems like he's playing a lot with like the architectures, a lot of mm-hmm. gothic ar- architecture. Mm-hmm. It's very dated. It makes city reminiscent feel... of Metropolis. Yeah, but I mean, one of the articles that I know we read that I sh- I showed you from the Independent. Yes, do you remember that one? Yep, I do remember. It. I actually have it pulled it up right here. So the article on the Independent is called Batman. Tim Burton's 1989 classic has almost everything modern superhero films are missing. That's such a bold statement. That's a very bold statement. Keep in mind, this was written in 2016. There's been a couple movies since then. So there's then. been some there's some developments. Yeah, in the, there's been some bangers since then. In the movies of the superhero genre since then. Um, but basically, this, this uh, compares the Batman of 89 to some... More contemporary things in uh in the following categories. Okay. Style. Yeah, nothing's gonna touch this. Nothing's ever gonna touch this. No, there's it's it's definitely its own universe. Absolutely. It's a it's a universe with with gothic architecture in nineteen forty seven ish ish. Give give or take forty years. With with yeah. <laughs> 40, 40 year differences in certain automobiles and clothing and, <laughs> and machinery. Music. The uh the next category, noticeable music, which I think is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Between Elfman and Prince. That's a duo. You don't get that's you don't a, get it as that's a duo in any modern superhero movie. Completely agree. Until maybe Guardians. Guardians music is so good. Guardians music is great, but it doesn't it doesn't match Danny Elfman's score. It's just it's it's uh it's period music. It's really hard to match Danny Elfman's score though. Right. I, I think mean, Danny I think Elfman's on John Williams level. The right Avengers on theme almost does it. It does, but the Avengers theme isn't used that often. No. In the, it's even not. in the Avengers. Right. Which is crazy. Right. Whereas this score just trucks this through this movie. It Absolutely. Is... There there are scenes where it's very noticeable. You're like, oh, yeah, Danny fucking Elfman. Oh, it's taking over the entire movie. It's setting the tone. Absolutely. Which is wild considering you see this movie and even that's not enough to just set the tone. Right. This balance right. is so good. After noticeable music, the, uh, the article brings up villains, which is... A solid point, because up until very recently, villains in modern superhero movies were pretty one-dimensional. Yeah. This, I mean... But the Joker... Jack Nicholson's sort of one-dimensional in this. He is, but... Heath Ledger's... Heath Ledger Joker's... I disagree with on that one, because Heath Ledger Joker is... Oh, deep. Incredible. There's a lot going on there. Yes. But I think he's the exception in modern... I think that's fair. That's fair to say. It's you don't get that kind of depth with every villain. No, uh, especially in the MCU, where basically every villain is just the opposite of whatever the hero is. That's pretty much all it is. You know, it's Ant Man, and then and then there's Yellow Jacket, and there's oh, I get it. It's all <laughs> insect based stuff. Yeah. It's oh, like, that's clever. It's like, yeah. Uh, oh, Iron Man, Iron Monger. Oh, that's so! Oh, that's oh, so close. They're they're similar. They got like the same. Oh, that's crazy. Hulk and the Abomination. Whoa! Oh, they're both big monsters. It's big monster boys. 
it isn't until like well, that's kind of why I like Spider Man so Panther much also because Spider Man getting... went a different direction. Yeah, in terms of villains, that's true. With Spider Man, I'm I'm talking Raimi here. Spider Man, you get Green Goblin, mm-hmm. who's terrific. You get Doc Ock, mm-hmm. who's terrific, even a harder terrific. Yes, and even yes. In the third one, uh-huh. I mean, you get Venom and you get Sandman. Sandman, I think, is good. They're both fine, but they're not just the opposite of the That's hero. That's true. Well, Venom is pretty close. Venom is actually really damn close. But, yeah. still. but, but you're right. They they didn't- Venom they didn't might be too on the nose, in fact. Intro it as like, it's uh, Spider-Man and anti-Spider-Man. Oh, uh, got him. Which is, which is, you know, it's, it's Captain Superman America is, and Red Skull. Well, that's the thing, is that even in this- this article went in 2016 about a 1989 movie is it almost neglects Christopher Reeve Superman. That's true. That's true. Uh, Superman is not brought up a lot at all. It really is. It's kind of, of the forgotten franchise, I Definitely. feel like. Because I feel like it's one of those where, like, yeah, you, you knocked out of the park with Superman. Superman 2 is so goddamn good. Superman 3 is terrible in a special way. I haven't seen any of them. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Well, not even Superman Returns? No. It's got that it's got that spacey dude in it, so I'm not all that thrilled about that it. Spacey dude. You Kevin mean, uh, Spacey. Oh, Kevin. Yeah, it's that spacey dude. Yeah, and it's a weird movie. There's a lot of a lot of nice things though, but it's a weird movie. Okay. But yeah, Lex Luthor's not just anti Superman. So it's kind of That's true. Yeah. That's true. So that's why I, I'm not gonna listen to this part about the villains on this. Because okay. there's plenty that's been there. I feel like he's more talking MCU. Well, even in the article, they they bring up uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. So. Already backtracking on his own points. <laughs> Actually, there's one line in the article that's pretty good. He says, uh, Nicholson's Joker even had the memorable line, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? And then brings the point, can you remember anything Loki said to the Avengers? No. Remember stuff. That people have said to Loki, like, we have a Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Loki, even Loki was, that was like their first big villain. And even he was like, eh. Fell flat. Yeah. Because it's really just Thor. He's all high and mighty and great. Right. And Loki's just, what? you know, not that. They're, they're, they're complete opposites. They're opposites. But they're the same. But they're opposite. the same, but opposite. That's, that's the MCU's. You know, like meet this hero. Here's their hero. There's their villain. That's the same as them, but opposite. Their next point in the article is Gotham's more than just a place. What is that? Is mean? it? Is it? It's kind of just a. a... It's uh. It's talk about Burton's stylistic flair. It's just gothic buildings it's, that are shot darkly. It's a. Uh, it's gothic Gotham. It makes it feel all gross and stuff, and we get it. That's it's, fine. It's Gotham extra bold. Yeah, it's not a not a nice place. Fine. That's fine. There's memorable buildings. There's memorable buildings in the Avengers, too. It's called New York City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to make up a place. No, we didn't have to. But for what it's worth, I mean, Wakanda. Wakanda. Is amazing. Wakanda is incredible. And is, if it had come out before this article, I don't think this article would have. I don't think this article would have, because <laughs> that would be backtracking on a couple points. Uh, the next point they bring up, and I think it's the final one, is something Batman doesn't have and still needs improvement on. Female characters. Nope. 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 And nope. No? No, because I mean, I'm not going to say Black Widow is a really great female character. I feel like they've dumbed that character down and I hate it. 
Yes, absolutely. And now that you have Scarlet Witch in there, it's not helping the cause. I feel like it's just another another Black Widow type character where it's still kind of dumbed down. And they dumb her down even farther. In they definitely Infinity nerf War. her. Yeah. She's supposed to be one of the most powerful superheroes of all time. But now she is love. And, uh, and that's really For a robot. <laughs> so I just don't. But then, I mean, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Incredible. Completely. This article is nonsense. Again, this Duty. article came out before Wonder Woman. This article is only two years old. That's the crazy thing about it. A that's how far changed that, in two years. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's unbelievable to me. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. But uh, yeah, Vicky Vale was probably the only female character in that movie, other than that that one other lady, and that rando not Vicky Vale, right? The the one girl that was sleeping with both the Jacks. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> there's nothing to really say. She's she's there. We don't know anything about her. Even Vicky Vale is introduced as new in town. There's no background to any of them. She's oh no, because she's a photographer, she's and they a, show yeah. the time thing, right? That says whatever crap, it was, crap, crap. Oh, this is good. But then it says "picks" by Vicky Vale. Picks. Direct quote: "Picks, picks." Come on, people, is that a thing that they do in magazines? But it feels like it's say so that dumb. In Forty-seven. Da- Check out these picks. Check, oh God, by damn Vicky it. Vale. That shouldn't be a thing. No. That's so disappointing. But. We looked at some reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but let's see what, what the man had to say about it. The man. The man being Roger Ebert. The one and only. You know, the same guy who said of Freddy Got Fingered, this movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. Roger Ebert funny guy yeah he liked his movies that's for sure he gave this two stars two stars not said, a fan of the batman no he said the gotham city created in batman is one of the most distinctive and atmospheric places i've seen in the movies that's high fucking praise right away but it, then he says it's a shame something more memorable doesn't happen here <laughs> <laughs> so, I, that's a lot that's burton yeah that's i'm people, putting that entirely on burton and the thing is, now people are so used to that aesthetic of Tim Burton's that it wouldn't be surprising now. It'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Tim Burton's Gotham City. That's pretty much it. Well, Tim Burton at this point is a lot he's of style unknown. over substance. He's And he's relatively unknown. He's done a couple movies. So when he when he does this, people are shocked by it. They're like, oh, this is dark and different. Well, that's why when he did like Big Fish, it was so different from what movie. he had been doing. That And it's a that movie. phenomenal movie. And when he did Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. I... That, that's one of my favorite, just, that's a, might be a top 10 for me oh, in wow. general. I absolutely love what he did with that movie. But he's all, all style over substance. Yeah. Roger Ebert yeah. was all over it. He nailed he it. He completely nailed it. I mean, he, he says that it's a, I mean, it's a triumph over design or triumph over, a triumph of design over story. He says it's a great looking movie with a plot you don't care about. Right. And he's not wrong. No. That's the worst part about it. Like, it's really nice to look at. Yeah. It's it's a visually appealing movie. There is. With not a whole lot going on. All the big movements, all the big moments in the movie are pounded home with ear-shattering sound effects, which I approve of. 
and a jackhammer cutting style. That's towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Because he really lets the movie breathe a little at the beginning. It says, uh, but just, but that just serves to underline the movie's problem, which is a curious lack of suspense and intrinsic interest. That's fair. There weren't really I any really moments. I really don't, don't disagree with that. In, this, in the movie where I felt suspense. Nothing. No. It was, it was one of those, like, I could. This is what happens next. Yeah. It feels like Batman's never really in danger. No. It feels like Vicky Vale's Even never when he gets really shot. in danger. It's like, oh. Yeah. Well, there's no, I, I feel like there's almost shot. no stakes. Yeah. In this movie where it's like, hey, Joker wants to cause this little chaos, whatever. He's trying to kill everyone, but there's no stakes for the people of Gotham that are there because, I mean, there's such a small amount of people that showed up to that thing, the right. parade. Right. It's, it's like, like, oh. Like, oh, the 12 people gathering the money. Yeah. Might be in the danger. The 12 newly rich people gathering the money. Right. 20 million bucks. It's a lot for the few amount of people who are there. But, I mean, you see Batman the whole time flying around. You know that day's getting saved. He takes so long to do something. Yeah. There's a lot of just showing off, hey, look, I got a bat wing. Yeah, but there's no there's no stakes. You no. know, Batman, you never feel like Batman's in danger. No. It's not even, but it doesn't even feel like he has control over the scenes. It just feels like he's a part of the scenes. Yeah. Like there's nothing, he's not guiding it through. He's just there. There's not much happening. It's just, I'm the Batman. I'm here and what's happening now? What are we going to do next? <laughs> oh, I got to punch this guy? I'm going to punch oh, this guy. Oh, makeup is bad? I'm going to solve that, that, uh, that issue. I really want a Batman movie where they focus more on him being the smart detective guy. Wouldn't that be something? Just go back to the roots. Yeah, yeah I, he's he's got he's rich and he's got these gadgets, but he's smart. Has there been a, a properly smart Batman? I think. I mean, Bale kind of got close. Bale got close, but I don't think it was. But Bale's thing was he had uh, he had pretty much everything in the lab already, right? And the only and thing he, he really added Fox to it was, does it come in black? <laughs> right, right. It, yeah, it was a lot of Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman, God. Doing all the work. Well, of course he's going to, God's going to, yeah. he's going to take care of the bat. I actually think the closest anybody's gotten is maybe Ben Affleck. And I hate saying oh. it. I hate saying it. To getting the character right. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, I mean, Val Kilmer, George Clooney doesn't even get fucking close. I don't even want to talk about those two. We're going to one I know. Day. Eventually we will. But no, I think... Uh, Closest in the aspect of the detective side of it, I think probably Ben Affleck, but not in Batman vs Superman. Oh no, in Batman vs Superman, not in Justice League. I, I mean, I'll agree with you, but I'll agree with you. That's all I can do because just I mean, it hurts to say it really does. So but, realistically, no one's gotten the character. I mean, if Ben Affleck's getting closest, no one's gotten it right. 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 That's a character that's kind of. I think everybody who's played it has has gotten a different part of it right. Just yeah. nobody's gotten all of it right. I wonder why that is. I wonder why they don't try to really dig down and get that because, like, Superman's the easy one. He's the Blue yeah. Boy Scout. That's right. not right. hard there's, to get right. I don't think there's anybody who hasn't nailed Superman. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Spider Man, I think we're awfully damn close with Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Holland's so good. But Tom McGuire was. Pretty damn Toby good. Magar- Toby McGuire was really good. I don't want to talk about Andrew Garfield. I forgot he existed. Yeah. 
Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, those were fine too. But yeah, that's that's crazy. But nobody's nobody's nailed the character like like Robert Downey Jr. nails Tony Stark. Completely agree. Like Chris Evans nails Captain America. I think Chris Evans does a hell of a job with that. Yeah. I think that's where Marvel's winning. Is they're they're hitting their characters? They're hitting their characters. And DC, I wish they could do better. I would love to see them do better. But here's the thing about DC. Oh, is they're really dark. They're did really dark. Did you hear? That's what, DC's that's what really, Deadpool says. DC's really dark. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Perfect. This is what I'm talking about. I think the reason Wonder Woman was such a success is because it's the closest they've come to nailing a character. Nailing a character? Yeah. It's important. It's important. That's why the Superman movies aren't bad. They're not great. It's he's just not a interesting but you also, character. You also don't have you also don't have the best directors behind them. That's like, true. In terms of Marvel, is you have a lot of out there directors who are yeah. just coming and doing it, but you have these characters that are established now. They've been established for different movies throughout diff- with working with different with other, other characters. characters. Yeah, like thank God John Favreau oh, yeah. was the table setter for all this. Yeah. But I mean, you have Tim Burton doing this Batman, and then you have Joel Schumacher, right? And Joel Schumacher did a lot. I'm going to say did a lot right with the character, where he brought the camp back. Yeah, but he multiplied it by infinity, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the oh, problem. He had the camp stone in the gauntlet. Yeah, he went buck wild <laughs> with it. But if you look at other directors like Sam Raimi. He's a he's a fun director with like Evil Dead and stuff. He doesn't take it all that seriously. Yeah, and he pulls off Spider Man. He does because he has a good time doing it. Right, and he nails the character. But then you have Zack Snyder, and you have Zack Snyder, and you have Brian Singer, oh, doing Superman Returns. Oh, and it's these it maybe it's just bad choices. Maybe, maybe it's bad choices. What would happen if you? Oh, hear this one out. Okay. So as of the time of this recording, James Gunn's no longer attached to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Right. What would happen if James Gunn crossed the line and said, I want to reboot Batman? Or I want to reboot... You name it. It doesn't matter. He will he wants to take the next Superman. Superman he wants to do Superman Suicide Squad 2. Suicide Squad would work so goddamn well with James Gunn. Absolutely it would. A single standalone? I don't think would. No? I don't think it would. Not not something like Superman, because Superman needs a reboot. Bad. Superman does need a reboot. But I do not think that... He needs to have a character that has like that fun side to him. He does. Yeah, absolutely. I don't... Aquaman would have been actually pretty good. Aquaman probably would have been good. I think the Flash would be the perfect Flash for would be him. perfect for him. The Flash would be perfect for absolutely him. Absolutely perfect. Um, but if he crossed I, that line... I think Batman would be shit. too dark for him. Probably, but he could still have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. He likes to have a good time. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually, now I kind of want him to do Flash. It would be pretty great. It would be pretty great. I mean, wow. Yeah. You got to have a certain personality as a director in order to do a superhero movie. Right. You have to. You have to go to let go a little bit. Yeah. And Gunn has it. Gunn has it. I don't think Zack Snyder does. Zack Snyder, I mean, he did 300. He did Watchmen. I mean, there's a there's a trend here, right? So it's it's growing pretty quickly. 
Brian Singer, he's got X-Men under his belt. Yeah, but... But it's X-Men done strangely. X-Men done the Brian Singer way. Yeah. And where Wolverine, you got right. Cyclops, you turned into a fucking angry teenager somehow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gambit? Oh, wait, he forgot about Gambit. Yeah, who's... Who? <laughs> who? I don't even... What he did to Deadpool? I don't want to talk about it. I don't blame you for that. So maybe Tim Burton was the right choice for this. I think maybe he was. Overall, where you needed that guy who can have a little bit of fun behind the camera with it and have a little bit of fun with the characters at play, and Jack Nicholson certainly does help it. Oh, yeah. And letting him just run the environment and setting the tone for Gotham. How do you think this movie would have been if they had cast other people they were looking at, like Mel Gibson and Robin Williams? Mel Gibson would have stormed off the set because he would have gotten angry that he was wearing a black suit. <laughs> uh, and Robin Williams. I think Robin Williams probably could have nailed it, but I'm not sure it would have been as good as Jack Nicholson. Robin Williams is in a weird place in his career at this time. Okay. I just finished reading his biography a couple of weeks ago. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Good Morning Vietnam, he did two years earlier. Mm -hmm. It was beyond critically acclaimed. He got his first nomination. When this comes out, Dead Poets Society is out. Okay. Which he actually had a, like, they offered him the part. He kind of turned it down for a while and then kind of fell into it a bit, I think, with the whole, maybe this was a reason Sounds like why this, this might have been part of it. He was waiting it out. But then he comes back with, like, Cadillac Man and Awakenings. Mm. He's, I would say he's, He's budding here. He's yeah. not. He's not a huge star. Good morning. Well, no, that's not true at all. Morgan Mindy, he was a huge fucking that's star. That's true. But I mean, Good Morning Vietnam, he was a huge fucking star. It's not Jack Nicholson huge at any point in this. No, I think this movie. I think there's two ways this could have gone. Well, here's Jack, yeah, yeah. If they had if they had cast Robin Williams, I think the comic book community would have been even more nervous about it. Why do you say that? Because I think having Jack Nicholson, who's a more serious actor, yeah. helped ease them a little bit that it wouldn't be just super camp. But if you said, oh, Robin Williams is going to be the Joker, people would be, they would riot. You know, the guy with the comedy act that can't be tamed. Right. That guy. Right. That guy against Beetlejuice by the guy who directed Pee-wee's. That's a lot of comedians then. Yeah. That's a lot of comedians. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have had high hopes for it. And you wouldn't have had that giant opening weekend. And the movie industry would be completely different right now. Probably. That's crazy Probably. to think about. That is pretty wild. But that would have changed. I mean, that might be too many comedians to do a serious role. But Ron Williams could flip the switch. Oh, absolutely. In a second. That's not. Absolutely. That's fine. And I think he would have been a really good Joker. But, but I also think that you have a serious actor like Jack Nicholson who is having the time of his life. Oh, yeah. A ton this. of fun. But when he turns off the Joker, it's like that's when the character kind of... It becomes menacing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. I think that's really important. And you don't see anything like that from Robin Williams for a long time. You don't see anything like that with a lot of villains in general. That's Heath true. Ledger did it. I don't know, because Heath Ledger didn't really have a good time. I think at some I don't parts, think he, he seemed like he was having a good when time. When he's hanging out of the car in that one shot, yeah, he's yeah. all happy and whatnot. That's so brief. I, I, think I don't think it matters. When we get back there, you, you'll, you might see it a little differently. Maybe. I hope I do. 
I hope so. Because I, oh man, I can't I, wait to rewatch all these movies. I think he had just so many levels of just. It was different levels of angry. I think is the word I'm looking for on that one. Yeah, chaotic. Yeah, I don't think Jack ever went chaotic because really. you had your. Except maybe right after he, um, right after he shot uh, Jack Palance. Maybe, but I mean, he also went on the whole murdering. I'm gonna. I assume it's a spree with the makeup. Yeah, but I mean, we only see the newscasters really affected by it. That's it, true. You kind of since shrink. it happens on the news, I feel like that that kind of limits. Like, oh, people are. Yeah, you kind of oh, shrink. You make the world that. real small by not showing any panic or anything like that. Yeah, they just say it, and then that's what it is, and then it's resolved, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's not really all that terrifying. Batman does his detecting. Barely. Barely. I figured out the combination. And I did it because I'm Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs saves the day. But I think one of the more interesting things about this movie is, again, we talked about it earlier, the way it was advertised. And you have your you have your trailers that are playing before movies and people are only going to see this trailer. Mm-hmm. You have fast food tie-in. Merchandise. Mm-hmm. Merchandise everywhere. Yeah, everything was everything had the bat. Huge girl Everything marketing. had the new bat. Yes. The new bat, which oh. is the most iconic version of this logo that's ever existed. Hundred percent. One. I mean, does that that logo doesn't even exist anymore? It's. It really doesn't. No. No. I mean, on your any kind of generic Batman memorabilia, it's that logo. So when you think of superhero, the like one that's is, in the poster and all the, the advertising. Oh, it's even, only the logo. It's not even the one. It's on not even his the one suit. on his suit. But it's incredible. That's all they needed. That's it. And was just that was the original, like the logo. I mean, Spider Man did it also, where it was the spider logo and right. the suit. But this is a good, actually, introduction to this. How do you, when you think of superhero logos in general, what do you think of? Because I think of a couple of things. I think of obviously the bat, bat, the, the Batman, yeah, uh, the S. The S is huge. S is spider is huge. huge. I think Captain America's shield is huge. Captain America's shield is absolutely huge. Um, even the. I think the four. The four is the massive. The Punisher skull is very iconic, and um, the spider has changed so many times that it, it's hard to pin it down. But the red and the blue is not hard to pin down. Not with the spiders, at all. exactly. Um, lately, you've been seeing a lot more of Iron Man just because he's so big now. Yeah, they they do the um, I don't know the circle, whatever you call that thing. The arc reactor. <laughs> Thank you. The arc reactor. Um, and it, I guess it kind of translates, but it's not as big. Uh, Green Lantern's logo. Is big. Is big. Is really flash, the flash lightning bolt. Oh, the flash too. lightning bolt too, yeah. So I think most of uh, Wonder Woman's W's. Big time on I that one. I think DC has nailed the branding of their of their. So why have heroes. they struggled so hard? I don't know. Because we just named a shitload of DC characters. Does Aquaman have a logo? I can't. I think he's got something that's kind of like an arrowhead or something like that. I feel that. like it's a trident, but I don't know. It could be a trident. But I, I truly don't know. Don't know. But, but who knows? It uh, doesn't matter. It's just. But Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, yeah. Flash, and Green Lantern all have very iconic, iconic logos. logos. Whereas in, in the so Marvel DC, side, you're I mean, not Marvel getting side, as many. Get Captain America. Captain America. Get, I'm going to give Spider-Man again. Yeah. Spider-Man, I'll count it. Uh Thor doesn't really have a logo. Thor doesn't. Sometimes no. they use the hammer, but. Sometimes, but it's not a logo. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, Iron the Man Avengers A is a, a yeah, new the, logo. That well, is, that's not. Well, it's a logo. It got big recently. Right. The A in the circle. 
Yeah. That's it, really. The Punisher. Fine. But, like, they're not using him that much. So. No. That's real interesting. I yeah. mean, this was, I mean, this used, this made Batman a brand. I feel like there's, there's probably a big one we're forgetting. Without a doubt. And we'll hear about it, I'm sure. I'm sure. So- <laughs> How could you guys forget about blah, blah, blah? Damn it. <laughs> we blew it. The Ant-Man, the Ant. There, we said it. That's not real. That's not, that's that's not a thing. thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it is. Look. It- <laughs> God. Imagine someone. Oh, oh that would be amazing. I'd be would. so happy, actually. I would, too. I think Batman was the right place to start this thing. I think Batman was the right the right jumping off point. Absolutely. Because this was our first uh, superhero. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, I was all Batman all the time. Absolutely. That was that was my guy. I still have a lot of Batman action figures and toys. And, and I think I'm probably more of a Spider-Man guy now, but... But I do. I still have that. I'll, I'll completely that nostalgia. It's that's what this movie is to me. Is all it's nostalgic, big time. It's nostalgic, big time. Thanks for listening. This is this is our first episode. We're we're still we're still figuring this thing out. We'll, yeah, working out the kinks. We'll get it. We're like DC. Yeah. Hopefully, we're, we'll get there one day. This, this episode <laughs> was directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> you uh, can tell by all the effects and <laughs> yeah, and the lack of character. <laughs> Ooh, self-diss. So we have a plan for what we're going forward with. We're not going to tell you right off the bat, because I don't think that's... We don't want to pigeonhole ourselves in case we right come up with a better idea. Right off the bat? Ooh, I'm brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you could take credit for that. Nail, I nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it. But thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, you know, wherever yeah. you get your podcasts like from. Us, follow us wherever we are. Wherever we are. We'll tell you where we are when we know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. <laughs> For sure. But until next time. Never rub another man's rhubarb. So, Batman. Post credits. What do you think happens? Cut to a bakery. Okay. <laughs> and uh see Michael Keaton at the counter. He's got a pie in his hand. And he's just kind of rubbing his hand over the top of it. This other <laughs> guy comes in and says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's my rhubarb. Cuts black. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> what do you think happens? What I think happens is Bruce Wayne ends up buying Toys R Us, the company, as yeah. an expansion on it. Uh, he starts putting the draft everywhere, selling toys, all that stuff, whatever. And Robert Wool, the good reporter that he is, writes a story. Of course he does. And the headline is Bruce Wayne. Where does he get these wonderful toys? <laughs> yes. <laughs>